Hello and good morning once again. I am George Goins. I'm the pastor of Macedonia Baptist Church that's located over in Bright Star, Arkansas. And I um, want to welcome you back to the broadcast. This is back to the basic Bible study. And we're grateful that we can be back on the air again today. And the Lord has been good, hasn't he? He's given us some good weather. We've had some rain, but we've uh, had some really good weather. Uh, kind of unusual for February. But maybe spring's coming early this year. Um, that would be a blessing as well. Uh, just whatever the Lord wants for us. But I hope you're doing well. Um, I hope everything's going well with you. So far, things seem to be going okay uh, with us right now. And uh, I just, again, covet your prayers for my family uh, through these, these two challenges that we're going through. And I'll give you some updates as we uh, get closer uh, to things that are happening. But uh, just, just continue to pray for me and my family. I want to talk in James chapter 2, a very kind of a controversial subject here that, that some people, I guess, see it different ways. And you may see it differently than I do here, but I'm going to share with you today about faith, professing faith and wor uh, without works. And uh, we're going to look at that today in James chapter 2. But before we do that, I want to do a song that I love to do. I love to sing. It's called The Old Rugged Cross. So if you know it, you may sing it along with us if you know the words to it. Okay, here we go. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. for me for the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary so I change Last I lay down, I will cling to the 
and reproach gladly bear. Then he'll call me someday to my home far away, where his glory forever I'll share. So Last I lay down, I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a can't beat that song i'm telling you that is such a awesome song the old rugged cross is where it all started for us as believers if it wasn't for the cross we would have no hope no hope at all but thank the lord jesus that he went to the cross so that we could have eternal life and that we could have hope uh, man, I'm, I'm just looking forward to the day when I see all of those loved ones and friends that were saved that um, are going to meet me in heaven one day. And we're all going to be together for all of eternity. And Jesus made that happen for us on the cross. James chapter 2, we're talking about faith here. And I hope that you're saved if you're not saved. You've got to have faith in Christ. And if you truly will will have genuine faith in Christ. Jesus takes that faith, that little bit of faith that we have, and He magnifies it, and He saves us, and He'll save your soul. You may be looking for uh, an answer to life, and I'm telling you, my friend, if you don't have Jesus, Jesus is that answer. He's the hope that we have even for this world, for our country, and for our homes, and for our schools, and it's Jesus is the answer. That's our hope that we have. We've gotten so far away that I just feel like people have just forgotten. But he's very much alive today, and he'll live in you if you'll just allow him to do that. But James chapter 2, look at verse 14. We're going to be talking about this faith. What doth it profit, my brethren? He's talking to believers here. Though a man say he hath faith and hath not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, the, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding uh, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, if, if it hath not works is dead, I'm sorry, even so faith, if it hath not works is dead, being alone, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works? 
when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was uh, faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith alone. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Now, of course, this, this has been controversial where people think that salvation is is uh, by works and salvation is not by works salvation is by faith the bible simply says in ephesians for by grace are you saved through faith and it's by trusting in christ but works is the evidence and that's what we're going to talk about today so you know and, and probably one of the greatest tragedies of the church is people who profess christ and yet do not live for christ <clears throat> many profess christ but they do not follow nor live for Christ. Um, and, and I guess you have to ask the question, are they saved? Uh, do they have genuine faith here? Um, there's a lot of people that profess out there. And I'm not, I'm not judging anybody. Don't get me wrong here. I'm not judging. The only person that I know on the planet Earth that is saved is me because it's because it affects me i don't know where you stand you can tell me that you're saved and i can believe that by that by your by your own testimony but there's more than that there's uh there is the works that take place the evidence of your salvation you can truly see that someone is saved through the evidence the proof of their salvation the temptation course to profess faith without works. Um, if if I am saved, but there's no evidence of that salvation, you know, I mean, I can profess to say I'm saved, but if there's no evidence of that salvation, am I truly saved? That's the question that we're asking. So you can see how that this could be kind of controversial, right? Um, genuine salvation produces evidence through works. This is what James is saying here, and that's what we're going to talk about today. There's two questions that, as a believer, we need to ask ourselves. One is, can a person have faith and not do good works? It's a good question. Now, the faith that we're talking about is a genuine faith here. The second question is, is can faith without works save a person? True, listen to what I'm telling you. True, genuine faith will prove itself. So what would be the, question, the answer to those questions? It would be no. A person who really believes in something does something, don't they? For an example, when you go to sit down on a ch in a chair that you've sat in every day of your life or every day that you come home, whatever, you sit in that chair, Right? You have genuine faith that that chair is going to hold you. You don't question it. You don't look to see if it's going to hold you up. You just sit down. Why? Because you know it's going to hold you. You've been there. You believe in it, right? You believe in the chair, so you do something about it, which is sit in the chair. Okay? Of course, the curse of Christianity and the church is 
Many profess faith in Christ, yet they do not live for Christ. And you see that in the church today. Two things stand out in James's question. The man says he has faith. All right. The man says he professes that he has faith. Okay. Faith of uh, speech, but not of behavior. Faith of profession, but not of possession. There's a difference. There are people that say that they're saved, but there's no evidence of their salvation in their life. And as we said, genuine faith does what? It will prove itself, okay? So what a person says may may be different than what a person is, okay? The faith of a false profession is a dead faith. It's called dead faith. Three times in this passage, look at verse 17. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is what? It's dead being alone. In verse number 20, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Verse 26, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So it's called dead faith. <coughs> it's an unprofitable faith. Verse 14, he says, what doth it, what doth it profit, my brethren, uh, though a man say he hath faith, and have not works, can faith save him? So it is an unprofitable faith. If we truly believe, we will do what Christ says. We will live for Christ. And there's five examples that are given to illustrate this point. Look at number one. In verse 15 through verse 17, we see the destitute Christian believer. Look at verse 15. If a brother or sister, that's who he's talking about, is a is a Christian here, be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? So the destitute Christian, the believer dealing with brothers and sisters in needs, a brother or sister faces a problem or a need that makes them destitute, what is the Christian thing to do? What are we to do? We are to meet the need as we have that ability to do so. But what happened? Nothing. They shared words of comfort, and then they sent them on their way without meeting the needs. So what does that profit? You remember when Jesus fed the 5,000? What, what was Jesus doing when he fed the 5,000? First of all, he gave them spiritual food. You go back and read it, and you'll see that they were drawn to him because he was speaking. So he gave them the spiritual food that they needed, plus he gave them the physical food. So what did, uh, physical food. So what did he do? He met their needs. He gave them spiritual food, and then he gave them physical food. Okay? So sometimes we must meet the needs to reach the people. If a person comes to you and says, you know, they're indebted, maybe they're homeless or whatever, and they need a meal, and uh, you want to be able to reach them for Christ, then feed them. Feed them. And tell them about Jesus. And this is the evidence of my salvation, and the evidence of, my, of me, of Jesus is real, is that I am helping you. I am trying to help you. You see, so that's that's important. So, so, uh, and then, of course, the point is this. If, if faith does not 
do good works, then what is it? It's dead. What is true faith? True, genuine faith loves, it cares, it has compassion, and it reaches out to help the needy. And we need to be able to do that. If you really want to be able to reach people, you've got to to, uh, exercise genuine, true faith. True faith, of course, is a faith that really works, and it does. Mark chapter 10, verse 28, Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. You remember when Jesus was, was, um, <clears throat> came to Peter and John and James and Andrew, and they were fishing? And what did he tell them? He said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And if you read that passage, you'll see that they did, they did what? They left it all. They left everything. They left their nets. They left their boats. They left everything, and they did what? They followed him. That's genuine, true faith. That's what, what, that, what it was. And they would follow Jesus uh, for, until Jesus was ascended back into heaven. And then we have the second example, which is the two men of arrogance. Look at verse number 18. It says, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. So you have these two scenarios, show me faith without works, and I will show you faith by my works. A person who truly believes in Christ works for Christ. We, we see in Ephesians chapter 2, I, I quoted it a while ago, verse 8 says, For by faith are you saved through, I mean, by grace are you saved through faith, which is believing, professing, um, confessing Christ, okay, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. We know where our salvation comes from. It comes from God. It not, has nothing to do with what I can do. It's what God can do for me. It's His grace, okay? He says here, though, <coughs> not of works, lest any man should boast. Wow, because we're very prideful people. And if it was up to us, then we could be very prideful and say, hey, I did this. But it's not what I did. It's what Jesus did. So I'm saved because Jesus saved me, not because of what I did, right? But then he says in verse 10, he wraps all of this up. Look, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So what is, it, what is the evidence of, of that salvation is that I do good works, right? That's what we should do. And then also uh, follows and lives for Christ. If a person who truly believes in Christ, he works for Christ, but he also follows and lives for Christ. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 says, And he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, any man come after me, let him, first of all, he must deny himself. That is the, one of the hardest things that you'll have to do. Is because we're so prideful in the flesh. Yeah, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We deal with those on a daily basis. The body, the body, body sinful. Uh, even in, inside, we, we can become very bitter. We can hide things inside of us uh, through, you know, the, the lust of the eyes. And then, and then the pride of life. Um, we have to deny ourselves. And then he says, take up his cross. In other words, what did Jesus do on the cross? He died. We got to be willing to die. We've got to make 
Christ number one. So he says, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and what? Follow him. Just follow him. That's all. That's evidence of this salvation. All of this is evidence of this of a true, genuine faith. And then number three, we see, uh, we saw the two scenarios. We saw a person who truly believes in Christ. Number three, a person who professes Christ. This is a person who professes Christ, but they don't possess Christ. They live for themselves, don't they? Doing what they want to do instead of what God wants them to do. And then number four, if you profess to have faith, where is your proof? True faith produces proof, as we've been saying all along. True faith also demonstrates that you believe. Have you ever been around somebody that you did not know, but you knew that obviously they must know the Lord because of the evidence that is in their life? You see it. You know, they live a good life. They're not like everybody else. They kind of stand out in some ways. Or maybe they talk about Jesus. or Maybe they sing songs and hymns or whatever, you know. Uh, but you see that, why, what are they doing? They're demonstrating what they believe. They're demonstrating it in their life. And true faith becomes a disciple, and a disciple is a follower. What was it that Jesus told, gave us a command as believers in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16? Let your, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, let's look at that verse again. He says, let your light so shine before men. What is that? <clears throat> That's the evidence of your salvation. That's what he's saying. That's what he's talking about here is the evidence of your salvation is to let the light shine before other people. Let them see in your life Christ, okay, that, you, that they may see your good works. They're going to see your good works because it's the evidence of your salvation. And then what are they going to do? They're not going to glorify you they're going to glorify the Father, which is in heaven. Then we see, uh, not, uh, we saw the two men of arrogance. These are examples, the destitute Christian believer. And now, number three, we see the religionist. These are the people who rely on religion to get them into heaven. Folks, if you're going to rely on the Southern Baptist Convention or the Methodist Convention or the Church of Christ, uh, I'm sorry to say you're not going to make it because that's not going to get you there. The church didn't die for you. It was Jesus that died for you. Jesus died for you. It's not your religion that died for you. It is Jesus that died for you. A true person of religion <clears throat> believes in one God. Okay, they do. True people, they're religious people. They believe in one God. They're not atheists. They're not uh, agnostic. Their belief in God is said to be a good thing, right? Because they believe in God. Many people believe in God. But you see what, the, what it says over here in verse number 19. Thou believest that there is one God? Yeah. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Even the devils know that there is a God, right? But believing in God is not enough. There is a dead belief, which is an outward of the, our mind, you know, you ask people today, do you believe in God? Oh, yeah, I believe in God. But do they have a relationship with God? It's, you know, they profess that they believe that there's a God, but do they possess God? Okay, so it's a dead belief, which is an outward or mind 
a belief that does not lead to salvation, and then there is a living belief or faith, a dead faith, a living faith, (coughs) which is inward or of the heart. You see, salvation is not of the mind. Salvation is of the heart, the soul of a being. And I believe that does lead to salvation. Some people depend on their religion to get them to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life, and that no man come to the Father but by me. So it's only through Jesus Christ. And how do we get Jesus Christ? I mean, you can ask people today, do you believe in Jesus? Yeah, I believe Jesus lived today or lived back then. And uh, do you believe he's the son of God? Some people would say, I thought, he, you know, maybe he was a good man or he was a prophet or whatever. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And that's what you have. That's that's living faith right there is believing in the true way to salvation. And that's through Jesus Christ and him alone. Even the demons and evil spirits believe, just as we read there in that passage. But also in Matthew chapter 8, verse 29, Jesus is going to cast out these demons. And he says, and behold, they cried out, saying, what have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God? So they know who he was. <coughs> Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? And they know they know what he's capable of doing, so they know as well. And then we see number three, know this. But will this is in this uh, this this passage here, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith, this is where we're at in our passage here, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. True faith is living faith, a faith that works, a faith that stirs a person to live for Christ. Titus 2.11 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us, that's the key, it's teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope, in the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us, listen to this, redeem us from all iniquity, which is our sins, and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. A peculiar people, a special people, people that would that would uh, follow him, and, 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 and illustrate that through their good works. Then we see the last example, Abraham, who proved his faith by his works. Look at verse 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect or complete? And the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham what? believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God you see he was he was justified by his faith and then the evidence of that faith was his works because he believed in God okay now so is a person justified by works no Abraham proved that he was justified. He proved that he was justified by what he did. Abraham's faith was proven to be a living faith by his 
works. What did Abraham? Abraham believed God, and 30 years later, he would offer up Isaac. Why? Because he believed God. He believed that, he believed that Isaac was that promised seed. So how do we know this to be true? James explains it. Verse 22, Abraham's faith cooperated with his works. His faith was acted out by his works. By his works, Abraham's faith was made perfect or made complete. A true and living faith works. That's what he said in verse 22. Seeing thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was, was faith made perfect. And, of course, that's a question. Yes, it was. <clears throat> Abraham fulfilled Scripture. In verse 23, Abraham believed God. It was imputed unto him for righteousness. That's Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. Some 30 years before Abraham ever offered up Isaac, he believed God. If a person believes Christ, they will do what Christ says. Abraham was called the friend of God. Even before he offered up Isaac, he had an intimate relationship with God. He believed God, and he had fellowship with God. So by... By your works, a person proves that they are justified and not by faith only. Verse 24, you see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Okay, so <clears throat> verse, or, or Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 1, 3 says, Remember, <clears throat> Remembering without ceasing your works of faith and labor of love and patience of hope, in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of our God and our Father. So, yes, the evidence of, of our faith in believing with the heart in God, in Jesus Christ, the evidence is, is the works. Rahab was the last example here given. Rahab, who proved her faith by her works in verse 25 and verse 26. Rahab was a harlot. She was the lowest of society. She had to uh, clean up her life and follow God. And Rahab did, didn't she? Why did she hide the spies and betray their country? Because she believed God. She believed God's promise. In Joshua chapter 2, verse 9, it says, And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your territory... Remember, she is a, she is a Canaanite. She is, she's, she's an idol worshiper. She says, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did they, there remain any more courage in, the, in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. She put her faith to work in verse 26 for as the body without the spirit is dead so faith without works is dead also a body without the breath is dead faith without works is dead james 4:17 says therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin so see faith and works works together they work hand in hand together we put our trust in Jesus Christ. He comes into our lives and he changes the way we think, the way we act. That is the evidence of Christ being in us. 
Let me pray with you. Father, thank you again for your word and use it today. Help us to understand true, genuine faith. And Lord, there may be somebody out there that professes to know you but don't know you. I pray that you'll bring conviction to their heart so that they can understand the truth and not a lie. And they will truly be saved today. Please bless these folks. Give them a good day in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you folks. Thank you again for listening. We'll see you next week. God bless.